We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hey everybody, welcome and thank you for listening to this, the 150th episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. I'm Zach, I'm here with Laura. I actually think that 150 episodes is a really big deal, but Laura told me that it wasn't, and so we don't make a big deal about it in the episode. We do, however, have a shiny new email address. You can now reach us at info at marriagetherapyradio.com. So drop us a line, say hi, tell us what we want to hear about, or just give me a dad joke. I actually just got a whole bunch of dad jokes from a listener in Australia or Singapore, New Zealand, somewhere. And I'm excited to share those, but next week. Um, also, check out our website. We've been making some changes, which is fun for me because I don't know anything about websites and it feels like I'm getting smarter, which is cool. Um, but for today, we're talking about enduring vulnerabilities or some people call them triggers. It's the things or stories from our past that sometimes creep into our present and uh, wreak some havoc or hijack conversations that we're having with our partners. And we get to talk about uh, what, what you can do about that. As always, it's a very cool conversation. Stick around. <laughs> what do they say? If you're silent for longer than like seven seconds on the radio, people are going to jam the channel. Oh, I got to tell you I, something. I, 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 and I'm going to give you credit because you deserve it, but, um, thank you. I, I don't know what this credit's going to be. But I have let's recently just realized how much I appreciate the name marriage therapy radio. Um, I just think it's super cool and I'm glad that you thought of it. And also like, I want to, can I give credit where credit is due? No, it's not just me. take it. No, just absorb it. Take to kick it, own it all. Just receive it. I'm not, I can't own it. I literally have been, I like before our podcast, I was listening to another podcast with a very similar name. Yeah. I think it's called foreplay sex therapy radio. And I was like, yeah. Hey, that's really good. I'm going to I'm gonna no, go I ahead think and it do isn't that. Just foreplay radio. Anyway, uh, kudos anyway. to you for coming up with a cool name. And sure, I think the part sure. that I like about it is the radio. Like I just, I, I think I'm, I don't know. I'm kind of in a retro mood lately and I like, yeah thinking about the knobs and turning them. Um, so anyway, I just, I'm, I don't hey, know. I'm enamored side, lately of my side own. note. What? Um, speaking about the radio, I saw a, an image the other day that like, kind of like put me, I don't know. I was like, wow, that's really cool. Back in the day, there was a polio scare and kids were not allowed to go to school. It was a scare. <laughs> You're laughing back in at the me, day, but back in the, yeah, like in the, the olden times, in the olden times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay isn't that what um do you have the shot in your arm that left the dent you know what i'm talking about my mom has it the vaccine i do have the shot in yeah. my arm but it did not leave a dent oh no 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 sorry no, i got vaccinated you... i got vaccinated you got vaccinated but what am i thinking of that is that i don't know i don't know not covid i'm talking no, about i did your... i got vaccinated for covid i'm not talking about covid right now okay, you're talking about polio sure back in the day am i, back in I the... can't believe it tuberculosis right, whatever 
What's your, what, is, what are you trying to communicate to us? Well, here? I would be able to communicate <laughs> it fully if you didn't interrupt me so much. That's rule number six or three or two I, from last week. Don't interrupt your partner. A, such a good episode, by the way. That was brilliant. What I'm trying to say is that there was an image and it was kids that weren't allowed to go to school. And so they were homeschooling by doing school by the radio. And I just was like... I thought it was really cool to see this image, black and white, of these children all huddled around the radio trying to do their schoolwork. Mm. I was like, wow, you know what? We are not in anything new with COVID. We mm. have done this before. It's just we haven't done it in this generation. It's just really interesting to see. Like, we have done oh, this oh, before. Oh, I know what it is. It's the, the, I was like, there's a pithy statement about it. This is what it is. It's everything old is new again. Yeah. Yeah. The orange is the new black. Oh, you know what I always say? What do you always say, Zach? February is the new January. That's right. Um, do you have a resolution, by the way, for February? Sort of. I mean, I'm just, like I said, I'm just on this, like, a little bit of, like, reclaiming my my head, my body, my mm-hmm. my teeth. I'm on a flossing streak. My flossing streak is up to, like, 22 now. Excellent. Nice uh-huh. work. And because you can't see Zach's teeth, it's one of his best features. Well, they're mm-hmm. aligned. They're not. They're not super white, but they're aligned. Hey, speaking of Marriage Therapy Radio, I wanted to let everyone know that we have shiny new email addresses at uh, marriagetherapyradio.com. We're abandoning our old one and we're taking on new ones. So so can, when, hold on, when you say we have shiny new email addresses, yeah. are you going to make sure that they are live by the time this episode goes? I, I'm not going to, but someone else is. All right. Thank you, Jason. Yeah. <laughs> the man behind the man behind it all. He's so for now, if you want to send us an email, you can send it to info at marriagetherapyradio.com. And that's I like it. Um, and then maybe we'll have some more because we got a lot of things coming. We have a new uh, we have a new website, Marriage Therapy Radio. It's not a new website, but I made some changes. It's shiny and new. You revamped it. Yeah, that's all. I'm all okay. about shiny and new, starting with my teeth. I like it. Or my I like gums. It a lot. Yeah. Do you know what I wanted to tell you about is, you know, what's been going on with like the stock market? If you haven't heard, um, you would be like me because I don't pay any attention to any of the news. But the only reason I know about this is because my husband got into it and he comes to me. He's like, hey, babe. I'm going to put some money into GameStop. And I was like, wait, isn't that 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 like business down the road that just shut down? <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, it's like, hey, babe, I'm going to put some, I'm going to buy some stock in Blockbuster. Exactly. That's exactly what it feels like. By the way, Ben Dorgan has the last remaining Blockbuster. It I know is that an actual store here. I know that. You know how I know that? OK. Why? How? Because when Abby was on TV. Yes. They shot a scene in that Blockbuster. Interesting. Yeah. Did she actually come to bend and shoot the sheet? She wasn't. She wasn't in that scene, but that, that got it. But it was. Uh, it was in that blockbuster. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we made some money off of GameStop. We were like one of the success stories, which is pretty nice because I think that you know sometimes when you gamble, you it is not a success story. Yeah. Most of the time when you gamble, story, it's not a success most. story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is that I have a shiny new car? <laughs> okay. So shiny <laughs> new things. Yeah. New um, things, new things. Yeah. So if you hear me brap brap around the corner, that's me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kicking up dust. Yeah. When you drive your shark shiny new car up to Seattle. Mm, yeah. That's the only s- scenario in which I would hear you around the corner because I'm not coming to bed. No. It's snowy. Hey, it's snowy and gross there, right? It is. We just got like, th- I don't know, an inch and a half of beautiful new snow. No. I want to go to the sun. 
You know, Zach and I are huge fans of getting support, especially during abnormally stressful times like these. This is why we have partnered with BetterHelp to put you in contact with licensed professional counselors in your area. Tap into the world's largest network of licensed, accredited, and experienced counselors who can help you with a range of issues, including depression, anxiety, relationships, trauma, grief, and more. With BetterHelp's counselors, you get the same professionalism and quality that you would expect from an in-office counselor but with the ability to communicate when and how you want. The matching process is quick but thorough, and you have the ability to communicate with your therapist how you like it, whether it be messaging, over the phone, or video conferencing. I know that in-person therapy sessions aren't feasible right now, and a lot of therapists are booked out, but don't let that stop you from getting the support that you need. The cost is less than half of what Zach and I charge, which is kind of unheard of. And when you register with BetterHelp, you're supporting marriage therapy rates. Radio. Go to trybetterhelp.com forward slash MTR to register. Try T-R-Y better B-E-T-T-E-R help. H-E-L-P dot com forward slash MTR to register with better help. Let's talk about something that could help people. Okay, sure. Here's the thing that I've been kicking around. Okay. And it's this idea. I have no idea what this is. That we have been, I, I'm, I've mentioned it before, but I think that if we get down to it, a lot of our arguments end up being, um, or misunderstandings end up being filtered through a lens. And that lens is created through what I would call an enduring vulnerability. Um, actually, I don't call it that. I think John Gottman calls it that. But we have sort of this script that is written maybe from a very early age that we carry around with us. And you talked about it one time and I really liked it. You said there's two, I am not enough and I'm too much, right? Is well, there's at least two. you said before. Sure. I have said that before. Okay. There's at least two of those. Yeah. Okay. And that, that could absolutely be a script of yours. Um, another script could be an understanding of like, I am, uh, let's see here. I am selfish. And so that might be something that you believe about yourself. It's a script that you hear and it's almost it's kind of triggering or I am worthless. I am not important. I am. Uh, gosh, I mean, any number. I of deserve things. to be bullied. What's that? I deserve to be bullied. I deserve to be bullied. Sure. I mean, it could be anything that you are carrying around sure. and it takes a long time. And I think most people are not aware of this. I, uh, what I am sharing with you is like the deep down kind of like um, big, bold thing that plays itself out through any number of conversations that you have with people, interactions that you have with others. But it's it's like the script underneath it all that can come into play in some of the most difficult times in our lives. And when it comes up, it can be incredibly reactive. So I guess what I'm saying is how to notice when it's coming up is an interaction with your partner where all of a sudden something blows up. Like maybe you say something and you're like, I don't understand. I don't, I don't understand why this was so inflammatory to my partner because what you said is not what your partner heard. What they heard was something that was confirming that deep, dark thing that is underneath it all that caused everything to just kind of blow up. And I, I think the reason why I'm talking about this is for our listeners to start to get kind of curious of what might be your operating mode, what might be that script that is playing out that when it gets tapped into 
or when you hear it, it blows everything up for you. Hmm. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, we took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. This is the part where you add information. <laughs> okay. Well, like I said, this is the first... I, I didn't know what we were talking about, so I had to kind of wrap my head around yeah. it. What, what yeah. I was going to say. This is also the part of couples therapy that I'm not very good at. Um, because especially lately I've, I've dropped into more of a systems, like how do we correct the systems mentality? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's hard to do that. Uh, well, and systems can get gummed up by these things that you're calling uh, uh, enduring vulnerabilities Sure. because I might think, Oh, this is easy. This is a solvable p- problem between yeah. these two functional adults that I'm looking at. But the reality is that there's this tension that is, is at play for these two people that sometimes they don't know a whole lot about. Exactly. I like to think about this as the operating system that they have much like a computer that sort of mm-hmm. got built in and for mm-hmm. them. And so like when I threw out, I deserve to be bullied. Maybe, you know, when you were in the third grade, you learned that bullies had power and you didn't, as long as you uh, stayed below the radar and gave them your lunch money, you could survive. Mm-hmm. And somehow you deserved that fate. Like it wasn't like, that's just who you were. And now look, that's not true. It's not right. It's not good, but it does mm-hmm. get ingrained for some of us early on, we can learn that from our third grade bully. We can learn it from our parents. We can learn it from our early romantic relationships. Um, I think the key mm-hmm. to what you're describing though, is that when these things creep into the present moment, mm-hmm. it's helpful for couples to have an awareness of this so that they can go, Oh, this isn't necessarily about you or this isn't about, right. or you're not my bully. You're not my dad. You're not my, my first girlfriend. You're you. But what you're doing right now is is triggering this response in me. Right. That's that's challenging. In yeah. in the therapy world, this is one of the terms for this is transference, right? It's where mm. in the therapy world, where if I have a client who maybe I look like their dad, they treat me like their dad, or they expect me to treat them as their dad would treat them. Mm-hmm. That's called transference. We also learn about what's called countertransference. So when I have a client who maybe looks like my dad. Maybe I expect them to, or acts like my dad, whatever. I expect them to trigger, or they do trigger the things. And the key for us in our training is to be able to, A, recognize it, and B, right. respond to it with sort of distance and and integrity. Mm-hmm. So that would be that'd be my initial response to your idea around, around enduring vulnerabilities. But why is it on your mind today? Like, why are you thinking about that right now? Um, I'm thinking about it. Particularly in the sense that like when when we sign up to do relationship with other people, I think that it's really important to differentiate between what's my responsibility and what's my partner's responsibility. And I find that a lot of couples recognize that, hey, my partner has this sort of enduring vulnerability. They don't recognize it as that enduring vulnerability. What they see is reactivity. Mm -hmm. And so they're in relationship, they're chatting with their partner about something that seems pretty benign. And all of a sudden, it's like the response they say is like, I got so confused. It's like, all of a sudden, I watched my partner just implode. Mm -hmm. And I started backtracking. And I'm like, what the hell did I do? 
And it's like, okay, so that's really good information. Your partner imploded about something that you're saying this was pretty stinking benign. Because I think most people know when they're intentionally trying to inflict pain or harm to their partner. They know when they are being critical. They know when they're being contemptuous. They know when they're raising their voice. But what I'm talking about is there was this thing that happened and all of a sudden my partner just lost it. And I'm like, hey, that's really good information. Mm -hmm. Tell me more because my guess is you have a history of witnessing your partner have these reactions that you couldn't make sense of. Mm -hmm. And maybe they couldn't make sense of those reactions. And so what I'm asking for these people in my office to do is let's make kind of like a, a list, like let's gather data and evidence of times when this occurred and see if we can find if there's anything that is common among these interactions. Mm -hmm. And that might help point you to a reason or point you to what your partner's enduring vulnerability is. So I think that's number one is important, trying to understand not only your own script that might be playing out or your, um, I think you called it like your mode of operation. It's your operating system. Yeah. Uh, Your operating system, like understanding yours, your own, but also understanding your partner's because you can gain so much empathy for your partner. But at the same time, like you, there's only so much that you can do mm-hmm. where it's like, I have a responsibility to kind of protect my partner, mm-hmm. right? Like when you say, I'm, I'm going to do relationship with you, which means that I'm aware of your soft spot. And so I'm going to do everything that I can not to poke at it, not to um, trigger it, whatever it might be. But then also you as that person with that soft spot have quite a bit of responsibility as well in order to recognize when it's getting triggered and communicate that to your partner in a sense of saying something like, Hey, I know that you're probably confused by my reaction right now. And I want you to know that what just happened here is me. Hmm. That was, that was you triggering something that is very old for me, a very old script that is very sensitive. Mm. And um, I might need some time right now to kind of like self-soothe, but I want you to know that this doesn't have to, has nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. And so th- I think the reason this is deep work, by the way, yeah. for couples, this is yeah. not scratching the surface of, of couples work. This is like deep stuff. Yeah. And I think, you know, I'm on this kick lately where I'm sort of like, okay, I have to operate under an assumption particularly the more I see couples online, right? Just because it's hard to to lean into the humanity of what what's really going on. So I have to, I start with an assumption that because they're spending time and money to talk to me, they want to feel more connected and less sad. I know that's a thing I say a lot, but it's like just a place that I start. Or I've kind of blown it up a little bit more to what they want is to feel more, more intimacy, more holistic intimacy. Okay, how do you do that? Well, the best scenario for that is that you have two emotionally intelligent adults coming to face face to face to sort of map this out. And then maybe I get to help with my own store of emotional intelligence. But once again, professional expertise is not the same as personal mastery. So yeah. Yeah. So the three of us are working together on this thing and I have to bait, I have to operate under the assumption that they want more intimacy and that the best chance for them to get that is through a, uh, a raised level of emotional intelligence. And so what you're talking about is exactly that, right? It's an, it's enough mm-hmm. emotional intelligence or EQ to be able to look at yourself and go this, there's something else going on here. Like I'm aware of something that's happening for me. What's happening for me is not necessarily about you. You are pressing this button and mm-hmm. we've been married for 25 years. So it'd be nice if you understood that button, 
better than you currently yeah. do, which I think is the the 25 year work. It's the deep work. Right. It may actually even be the pre-married work for those of you who are kind of like, oh, what do I do? Well, you find where your partner's buttons are and you mm-hmm. and you learn how to protect them, not just not push them. Right. But protect them, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And in the most sort I, of traumatic. Uh, inter- yeah. Yeah. But I was going to interject. Please do. But let me just finish this one thing because. Sure. Um, in the most traumatic version of this, it's survivors sort of, of sexual abuse. Right. Or it's it's mm-hmm. survivors of uh, physical abuse. Like these are buttons that got deeply ingrained early on to their like the DNA of their way of thinking about how the world, whether or not the world is safe. And so. Yes it's really important for partners to, to join the safety brigade for lack of a better term at the moment <laughs> to help protect those buttons, you know, mm-hmm. because again, if you're, if you're the victim of abuse like that, like there's very little you can do and you certainly can't be blamed, <laughs> you know, for mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Yes. You were going to interject. Well, I mean, I think you, cause you got to it. I should actually, this is probably a really good example of why you shouldn't interrupt your partner. Um, is that <laughs> oftentimes your partner is getting to it anyway. And by you interrupting them, it's the assumption that they're not getting to it, but you actually got exactly to what I was wanting you to say. Oh, um, thanks. Can I, let me tell yeah. you like my version of that, which is um, when we watch television at our house, somebody will ask a question. And I'll go, wait 10 seconds uh-huh. because the sh- a really well-written show will seed a question for you and it will answer it for you in about 10 seconds. If you, if you're quiet uh-huh. enough, like I'm confused, wait, what's going on? The answer, I promise you the answer is coming in about 10 seconds. So a hundred percent in our house, we're just like, wait 10 seconds or 10 seconds. You know, yep. 10 sec- <laughs> no. It's coming. Yeah. It's coming. I know when I, when I watch like the art and science of love with John and Julie, Julie will answer probably 50% of the questions with it's coming. Just hold your horses there. It's coming. Um, I wanted to talk about a little bit about some of these scripts, because I think, you know, if you're listening, you might be a little lost, like, gosh, what could that be? What could that be? Ooh, good call. I, I think, you know, some of them would be like, you were talking about the bully. Uh, I deserve to be bullied. And when I heard that and you started to describe it, I heard I'm powerless. Mm. That is that's what came out for me is like I'm powerless in this situation and I I'm going to give up. You have the power and I don't. Mm. I'm powerless. Another one could be I'm not enough. And we talked about that in an earlier episode is that a lot of times people are operating out of I'm too much or I'm not enough. Mm -hmm. And that could be, I mean, I think an easy way to think about where that plays out would be in the bedroom Mm -hmm. is like, I'm, I'm not enough. My body isn't the way that you want it to look. Um, I don't like the sexual positions that you like. I don't have the sexual desire that you have, or like the, Mm. the, you know, wanting to have sex all the time. I'm not enough. I'm too much could be, I want sex all the time. I want to have sex while I'm pinned up against a wall and tied. I like, I I'm too much for it. And you. if I let you um, know, you won't be able to handle it. It won't be okay. If, I, That's if right. I let you know what's really going on inside my brain, you won't, you mm-hmm. won't be able to handle it. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah. that's the extension of that, that story. Yeah. I, I think another one could be I'm selfish. I'm self-centered and I'm not enough. And if I try, I'll fail and you will punish me. Mm. So I'm not going to try. So, I mean, there's a lot that is underlying so much of our actions mm-hmm. and our thoughts. And even the way that we like the way that I, I love that you said this is and I don't think it's just survivors of trauma. I think that it can be really anything because we experience 
trauma all throughout our life mm-hmm. and how we internalize that trauma certainly shapes the way in which we view the world. And if you're viewing the world through the lens of I'm selfish, I'm unlovable, I'm worthless, I'm not enough, I'm powerless. Just imagine how you're showing up with your partner. Your partner mm-hmm. could be saying the most lovely connecting wonderful things to you or your partner could be simply bringing up conflict Mm -hmm. and saying hey i have a want wish need or desire and the way you interpret that is i'm powerless i'm worthless and it's like oh we just missed the boat to connect here so let me talk about this a little bit i I had a client session just about an hour ago and this happened in session and i said i'm probably gonna end up talking about this on the podcast so if you're listening Mm. here we go this is it so thank you because they already told me you're welcome (laughs) but what happened was she said this is a thing that I feel. And then he said, well, I don't know if you should feel that because, well, he he didn't say that, but let me put it this way. He said, okay. And also if you thought about it this way, instead of that way, maybe you would feel differently. Is kind of what he said. Uh I watched her get defensive about that. Um, And before she responded, I said, hold on one second. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say her name, but her name was Sally. And I said, Sally, I want you to know that, that what he just said is almost exactly what I would have said. I would have almost said word for word what he just offered you. And so here's what I want to ask you about. Can, can you imagine treating him the way you would treat me if I, if, if now that he said that, meaning, right. Because I have no dog in this fight. I haven't betrayed her before. I haven't tried to get her to try to change her behavior. I haven't, I haven't been her, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm a neutral. So like, so you can hear me be curious, right? You can hear me be compassionate. Right. You can hear me be, you know, can you hear him? Can you take off the lens of criticism that you heard right. or, or right. certainty that you heard and replace it with like the lens of compassion and curiosity? Because what he's out asking you to do is really like spot on, right? It's to, mm-hmm. it's to imagine the better outcome to this narrative that you're running. Okay. But because it was him, mm-hmm. she had a harder time. And so for me, it was like, oh, okay, so what's the variable? Well, the variable is, I think it's curiosity and compassion, right? Um, both in the way that it's asked by me and also the way that she hears it, um, which it goes back to kind of like what we hear sometimes isn't what our partner said. Right. So it was an interesting, it's an interesting thing to mm. think about because words aren't just words, right? Words belong to the speaker and right. they belong to the and the, the relationship and the that you have with the speaker. Yeah. And so we do have some choices about how am I going to perceive this right now? Yeah. I think it, I think there is some merit to sort of leaning into compassionate curiosity around your triggers, mm-hmm. both so that you can be aware of them for your, the other, but also for yourself. So here's another piece in, in what I think you're asking for her to do and what I think a goal of therapy would be. The goal of working together as a couple is number one, recognizing your own script, your own enduring vulnerability. What is the way that you recognize completely changes the way that you show up in the world and how you view the world? And let me say, this is fun work. I mean, it's hard and it can actually be painful, but it's so very rewarding when you take a minute Mm -hmm. to look into your own stuff and start to make sense of it and give yourself a little bit of grace because, you know, who you are has been shaped by who you've known. And that's just part of the deal. Right. Mm-hmm. And so to kind of go, Oh yeah, this is sure. This is me, but this, this has an origin story and, um, mm-hmm. and the origin story isn't always, I'm not enough or I'm too much. Right. Yeah. Being able to communicate that to your partner is such a gift. And then in response of being able to say, Hey partner, I am going to commit to working diligently on not 
pressing that button, but instead really protecting your enduring vulnerability. If you come from a scarcity mindset, then let's figure out as a couple how we can soothe you and create security where there is a lack of security and how I can protect your enduring vulnerability, knowing you are also going to protect mine. Um, Because I think we just go about this blindly, uh, as most partners do. And when you start to get into it with one another, you are just setting off a whole lot of bombs because you are tapping into your partner's enduring vulnerability. You get a massive reaction. It confuses you, triggers you, and now you guys are off to the races. Totally. But I think the goal is to understand your for yourself and then also try and understand your partners so that you can protect one another rather than triggering each other. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's ideal. And, you know, it's worth saying that certainly your partner has created some of the new triggers, some of the new vulnerabilities in your, in your life and in your relationship. That's generally not a helpful thing to point out when you're in the midst of Mm-hmm. Something that feels um, sort of out of control or out of the norm. You did this to me. <laughs> this is because right. you you never <laughs> listen or something. Mm-hmm. But I think it is helpful to become educated as much as possible together about the things that are challenging yeah. in the relationship that come from seemingly mm-hmm. out of nowhere. Yeah, it came from somewhere. Let's get curious. Again, like if we're going to rename this podcast, it can be something based around curiosity. No, I like marriage therapy but- radio just fine. I do. It's my favorite. I do too. <laughs> hey, uh, I'm going to go take my father-in-law out for lunch, so I should probably land this plane. All right. Well, go say hi to your father-in-law. All right. Adios. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. One thing that we are super excited about and has been part of um, our lives the last couple of weeks is as we've been reading the book by Esther Perel, Mating in Captivity, we're looking forward to meeting with all of you in our live. And this is this is gonna be live in the sense that I'm gonna see your faces and you're gonna see our faces and we're gonna just chit chat about this book. And we're excited to do it on February 15th at nine o'clock a.m. Pacific Standard Time. If you haven't signed up yet, do so so that we can give you the link to join our live Zoom call. And you can do that by going to marriagetherapyradio.com and you will find that under the products tab. For all of you, thank you for all of your time and attention, making your relationship better today than it was yesterday. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.